Section 11 of The Memorable Thoughts of Socrates by Xenophon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dave Stevens. The Memorable Thoughts of Socrates by Xenophon. Translated by Edward Beisschi. Book 2, Chapter 4. A Discourse of Socrates Concerning Friendship. I remember likewise a discourse which I have heard him make concerning friendship, and that may be of great use to instruct us by what means we ought to procure ourselves friends, and in what manner we should live with them. He said that most men agree that a true friend is a precious treasure, and that nevertheless there is nothing about which we can give ourselves so little trouble as to make men our friends. We take care, said he, to buy houses, lands, slaves, flocks, and household goods, and when we have them, we endeavor to keep them. But though a friend is allowed to be capable of affording us a far greater happiness than any of all of these, yet how few are solicitous to procure themselves a friend, or, when they have, to secure his friendship. Nay, some men are so stupid as to prefer their very slaves to their friends. How else can we account for their want of concern about the latter, when either in distress or sickness, and at the same time their extreme anxiety for the recovery of the former when in the same condition. For then immediately physicians are sent for, and all remedies that can be thought of applied to their relief. Should both of them happen to die, they will regret more the loss of their slave than that of their friend, and shed more tears over the grave of the former than of the latter. They take care of everything but their friends. They will examine into and take great notice of the smallest trifle in their affairs, which perhaps stand in no need of their care, but neglect their friends that do. In short, though they have many estates, they know them all. But though they have but few friends, yet they know not the number of them, insomuch that if they are desired to name them, they are puzzled immediately, so little are their friends in their thoughts. Nevertheless, there is nothing comparable to a good friend. No slave is so affectionate to our person or interest. No horse can render us so great service. In a word, nothing is so useful to us in all occasions. For a true friend supplies all the wants and answers, all the demands of another, either in the conduct of his private affairs or in the management of the public. If, for instance, his friend be obliged to do a kindness to any man, he puts him in the way of it. If he be assaulted with any danger, he immediately flies to his relief. At one time, he gives him part of his estate, at another, he assists him with the labor of his hands. Sometimes he helps him to persuade. Sometimes he aids him to compel. In prosperity, he heightens his delight by rejoicing with him. In adversity, he diminisheth his sorrows by bearing a share of them. The use a man may make of his hands, his eyes, his ears, his feet, is nothing when at all compared to the service one friend may render another. For often, what we cannot do for our own advantage what we have not seen, nor thought, nor heard of, when our own interests were concerned, what we have not pursued for ourselves, a friend has done for his friend. How foolish were it to be at so much trouble in cultivating a small orchard of trees, because we expect some fruit from it, and yet be at no pains to cultivate that which is instead of a whole estate, I mean friendship, a soil, the most glorious and fertile, where we are sure to gather the fairest and best of fruit. End of section 11.